In the years after the fall of the Taliban in Afghanistan, women made tremendous gains in the country. In particular, they were able to be educated and become leaders in fields like engineering, as Samaya Faruqi and Roya Maboob did. Samaya explains how the Afghan girls' robotics team she captained stepped up during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic to make low-cost ventilators out of car parts. Many people were died because of the COVID and because of the lack of the ventilator that we had in Afghanistan. So the previous governor of the Herat city asked our team that if we can build a device or a ventilator that helped people in that time. So it was like a hard decision to take because we didn't have any experience in that time in medical section, but also we couldn't like quite and not doing something because we were responsible uh, for our country. Roya and Samaya were able to escape Afghanistan before the Taliban returned to power and once again took rights away from women in the country. This Human Rights Day, we celebrate the brave women who show the world their courage, heart, and brilliant minds, despite the obstacles placed in their way. I'm Andrew Kaufman, and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Presidential Center. On today's episode of The Strategist, we have two absolutely brilliant women that we're really thrilled to have as guests. First off, we have Roya Maboob, who has been a time top 100 most influential person in the world. She is co-founder and CEO of the Digital Citizens Fund. She's a presidential leadership scholar with us here at the Bush Institute. She's also an Afghan ed- in our Afghan education working group at the Bush Institute. She was painted in President Bush's book, Out of Many One, and she's the co-founder of the Afghan Girls Robotic Team. Roya, an incredibly busy lady, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. Thank you for having me. And also with us is Samaya Faruqi, who is the former captain of the Afghan Girls Robotic Team that Roya co-founded. Um, That team is also known as the Afghan Dreamers, and Samaya is also a student at Missouri University of Science and Technology. She is taking time out from finals right now to join us, and so Samaya, I hope we we don't mess up your grades, and thank you for for spending some time here. Thank you for having me. And our co-host today is my good friend and colleague, Natalie Ganella-Platz. She is Director of Women's Advancement at the Bush Institute. Natalie, thanks for doing this one more time. Thank you, Andrew. It is always an honor and a privilege to join Samaya and Roya and yourself um, in any opportunity. So grateful to be here. This was this was kind of all your your brainchild to do this. And I'm, I'm really glad you suggested it. First, I'd love to get to know you two. Um, absolutely. I mean, brilliant women. So uh, Roya, starting with you, could you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from and, and how you got to to be involved in, in engineering? Um, sure. First of all, it's absolutely a pleasure to, to be here today and um, to have a chance to talk a little bit about our words. Um, I'm from, originally from Afghanistan, and uh, I think that everything for me, I always say that it started with the time that I introduced to this magical box computer. Um, in Herat, uh, there was, uh, as a child, 2003, 2004, I was getting involved with technology. And I found out that there is other part, there is another world exists that I don't, I didn't know at that time. And uh, then I made the determine, uh, made decision to technology be the center of my career. So that's how I went to computer science. I finished my um, bachelor as a software engineer, and then I started my company and uh, 
Uh, I, work, I started working at the university and later on I started my company. It's amazing that you're able to do this and you were able to do this all, all in Afghanistan. Yes, all in Afghanistan. So we, 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 we had an incredible opportunity during the last 20 years um, uh, in Afghanistan. So not only for me, I think for millions of the children that the children and the young adults that they had uh, opportunity to continue educations, they can work and, you know, they can uh, progress. Um, yeah. People like Samaya. Samaya, can you tell, could you do the same thing? Could you tell us about yourself, where, you know, where you're from and how you got into engineering? And so I'm from Afghanistan, Hera City. Um, and I got into engineering by working with my father as a seven years old girl because I was the oldest child in the family. So I feel myself responsible to help my father, who was a car mechanic. So I was enjoying to work with different machines, with fixing some part of the car with my father, especially on Friday uh, when there was no men in his shop. So I went to his shop and working in the engine of the car, in the lock doors, and as well as with the radios. And by opportunity, which was provided with Digital Citizen Found, um, I joined to the robotics team. Um, I passed the exam, which was between 150 girls, that finally six girls were accepted. Fortunately, I was one of them. It's absolutely amazing that that there's there was so much progress. And then, you you know, again, we're, we'll talk about it a little bit that you see it disappear. Um, but you both have obviously are involved in this Afghan girls robotics team. How? Roya, could you talk about how that team started and what gave you the idea to, to do this project? Sure. In uh, 2017, a nonprofit organization called First Global asked us to put together a robotic team to participate in First Global Challenge, an international competition for teenagers in Washington, D.C. And that invitation is how the Afghan Dreamers or Afghanistan First All Girls Robotic Team began. We selected 60 students. Uh, we took an exam from 150 applicants, uh, which we had uh, different IT centers across the different high schools. And then six of them selected, but you know, um, their visa application rejected twice. And these girls, you know, courageously persisted. Mm -hmm. And and then finally, the world uh, couldn't ignore uh, the women, and they could get the visa, and they could come to United States. Um, and they could compete with other nations. Uh, they captivated the public with their inspiring message of hope and determination. They eventually received a medal for courageous achievement. And um, you know, after that, they went to many other stages and they continue uh, competing. And then the number of students also increased. We had hundreds of students to come to our program, but obviously only thousands of them were be able to participate in um, uh, going to the international competitions. But, you know, after years of dark, darknesses and subjugation, these dreamers, um, you know, proved that Afghan girls could finally um, take charge and, uh, you know, to be uh, and building their own destiny. And this is the courage of our and the power of our youths, the courage, dear, dear courage against of the backdrop of personal and national tragedies, which install hope. Andrew, there's three things that I think are really important that both Roya and Samaya have highlighted that are worth mentioning before we dive in further. One, just the fact that Afghan women and girls, right? I don't think I've ever seen a population demographic that better represents the idea that, you know, give folks an inch and they'll take a mile um, in the most positive sense, right? Like the way in which 
Afghans value education um, and just go into it full force is just utterly incredible. To Samaya's story and the influence of her father and the importance of his advocacy and encouragement and belief that his daughter could do, you know, everything that um, that that her male counterparts could can do is is just a really 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 important um, point to underscore. And then three, you know, Roya obviously mentioned the challenges that they faced with um, getting the visas for the initial competition. And I mean, these girls have had to overcome so much adversity to get where they are. So much tenacity. They have so much perseverance. And then you know they are meet yet another barrier when it comes to just a lot of the bias that persists within immigration systems, both for immigrant and non-immigrant visas. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to point out too, like when we, we talked about the Afghan girls robotics team, like this wasn't, they're not doing Lego techniques. Like, uh, so Samaya, I thought it was fascinating that you said your father inspired you by, and you were in his, his workshop. And then at the height of COVID, the Afghan girls robotics team starts getting involved in the COVID movement. Samaya, could you talk some about that? Uh, yes. During the um, COVID-19 time, so when COVID spreaded all over the world, Afghanistan also was affected. Many people were died because of the COVID and because of the lack of the ventilator that we had in Afghanistan. So the previous governor of the Herat City asked our team that if we can build a device or a ventilator that helped people in that time, so it was like a hard decision to take because we didn't have any experience in that time in medical section, but also we couldn't like quite and not doing something because we were responsible uh, for our country. And then uh, we searched a lot, we built many prototypes, and finally we saw that as the open source ventilator, um, and we used that open source ventilator inside Afghanistan and in Herat City, we built that, but we didn't have the equipment that they had. So instead, we used the car parts to build this ventilator. And um, it was not an easy process. It took us three months to build this ventilator, and we had many challenges uh, during this time. It was quit. All the Herat City was locked down. Um, and everywhere was quarantine, all the shop was closed. So when even we need like a, a small piece of material to work, so we had to call for the owner of the shop and it takes like two days that he came and opened the shop to we just take like a small piece of material to work on them and um, ventilator, as well as um, some of our teammates and some of our teachers, we got quit in that time. And it was also a risk for our families because in the quarantine time, we came out from the home and it was like a high risk for everyone in that time. And we didn't, we didn't have some parts inside Afghanistan, like some sensors. So we import them from outside of, outside of the country. And it was also too hard for us. But we finally did it and we built that. And in addition of the ventilator in that time, we built two sanitation robots as well. One is the UVC robot that we built, uh, that we use the UV type C um, lights in that, which can sanitize the indoor places like the surgery rooms, offices, or homes. And another one is the spray robots that spray the sanitizing like liquids in outdoor uh, places like the public transportation. 
absolutely genius. They're teenagers, teenagers. Teenagers doing this. Just, and just the world has a problem and they're stepping forth and solving it with, with the resources they have. Just absolutely genius. I mean, Roy, how did that feel to watch this team, you know, do such important work? Like this, this thing that you co-founded and here it is just thriving like that. How did that make you feel? Well, I think by allowing this young uh, woman the opportunity to take the innovative prototype solution and they can bring it back to their communities, in fact, give them a chance to change the lives of the children and women throughout Afghanistan. They're proving that they can become the master of their own futures. And, uh, you know, they, uh, so my uh, mention about the UVC robot that they have built it before the collapse of the, the governments of Afghanistan they finally could get the approval of the, of the Ministry of Health, and it was supposed to be um, uh, building in a factory um, for that robots, and um, it could be the first factory that uh, funded by robotic factories that by by women. And um, but unfortunately, everything right now is in the halt. Right. Well, and so Natalie, I'd love for you to lead this lead us as we transition out to talk about. Afghanistan as it as it has changed here here recently. Yeah, so you know, as as most of our listeners are are well aware, um, over the course of the last eighteen months plus, um, the situation in Afghanistan has deteriorated significantly, um, and the Taliban is now back in power, um, and the circumstances facing women and children is just haunting, absolutely haunting in every way. Um, and in particular, the imposition of, you know, gender apartheid and the restrictions, barriers, oppression that have been faced, that have been placed on, on female members of society. Um, Roy and Smaya, I, I was hoping you would talk a little bit of, about that, um, especially in the context of, you know, why the ban on girls' secondary education and the increasing restrictions on university study are are really such a detriment, um, not just to the health and vibrancy of the Afghan population, but obviously, you know, autocracies, they thrive on fear. They thrive on propaganda and misinformation. And, you know, as I said at the start, I've never seen a population embrace education in the way that that the Afghan um, community has. And and so, you know, just would love your take on what is happening now and why this matters far beyond just, you know, girls being able to go to school. Sure. Um, Since the Taliban um, resides the power, um, they have systematically uh, dismantled all the institutions that was protected women's rights, women's uh, Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission, the Ministry of Women Affairs, along with the shelters that are designed to support victims of sexual exploitation and domestic abuse, to name a few. Young, young girls cannot go longer go beyond uh, to go to the school beyond of sixth grades. Women are forbidden from working in most industries, accessing uh, public spaces, rolling with the male guardian, and showing their faces in the publics. Every day, um, Taliban created a new rules, a new um, uh, restriction only for mostly for women, and uh, freedom have been pulled uh, from the hearts and set ablaze by a regime that intend to reestablish itself as the only voices that matters. Obviously, um, you know, if that uh, female are not afforded uh, proper education, women's systematic operation, which is based solely on their gender, will never be um, dismantled. There will be always inequality in a society that look at the women as lesser form of humanity 
And unfortunately, what we see in Afghanistan, it's 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 happening. And because Taliban don't really want education, they don't want the girls go to the education. And what they have done it is they create um, they bond education on seventh grade to twelfth grade, but still they allow the women go to university. But they know that the bridge between sixth grade to to university is the girls that have to go finish their high school. So they they bond that part. And um, when the girls cannot go to the finish their high school, they will not be able to go to further education. They cannot go to the university. This year we had uh, still have some women who applied for concours. They could go to university, but uh, you know the the majority of the girls didn't have a chance to to participate in in a in a, in a university interest exam. And um, and basically because Taliban don't want education and they want to keep the population in darkness and they do it mostly for women. And it, it just it makes it, it's, it's so hard to grasp because you see you hear stories like the stories of you two who are clearly assets to your country, whether wherever you are, you'll be an asset because of the, you know, your your brains and determination. And it's just it. I don't, it's not a question. It's like, it's hard to fathom why someone wouldn't appreciate that. Appreciate that. It's, it's, it's there, you know, there's not a question other than it, it, I can't, I can't grasp it. You know, in addition to the lack of uh, educational opportunity for, for, for women and girls in Afghanistan, there is also tends to be a culture of not recognizing the sufficient role that Afghan women play in the society and an economy. And I always say that this society, whether women is not society at all. And unfortunately, for so long, um, our men in our country have ignored the critical role that the women take in the communities and their stabilizing effect. If we miss a woman and their potential, we lose a great health, a great wealth. And, on, and you know, it's, unfortunately, it is happening that the untapped talent of the girls and young women. Um, I think that is a barrier to moving Afghanistan's and the global market forward. Not educating women and girls is going to cost us uh, money, and Taliban will understand it very in hard way. But um, I think that at this point, with, with looking with the results of their work at science, they take the power. Um, you know, um, they not only uh, uh, science uh, the powering. They not only um, they dismantle all the institutions that once protected women's rights, but they also um, look at the poverty, look at the um, job, um, the refugee crisis that is happening in Afghanistan. Um, you know, um, uh, nothing is, looks good. And um, so I'm not sure what they are proud of that because they, they haven't done anything good in Afghanistan. Two decades of the progress to the Afghanistan made, had made great progress over the last 20 years or two dedicated, which we call it golden era, towards empowering women, strengthening democracy, improving access to health care, uh, providing education to many of the children, but and also economic growth. But unfortunately, today, we don't have any of that. You know, Roya, you really underscore the fact that a country cannot succeed when half a population is not just left out, but undervalued, undermined, abused. Um, and I think a lot of people, Andrew, forget that authoritarian regimes are built on patriarchy. You know, Roya mentioned the fact that um, it was a bit of indifference, right? Men, men weren't necessarily paying attention to or appreciating um, all of the ways in which women contributed, and that has slowly been changing. Um, but the Taliban and others like them um, capitalize on that. 
right? And mm-hmm. and um, you know, it it with the the food insecurity, the poverty levels rapidly increasing. Um, you know, the Taliban have demonstrated they have no intent in 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 changing that because you know a population that is uneducated, a population that is dealing with just gross um, inequities and 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 um, you know, challenges to well-being is a population that is much easier to control when you are looking to solidify solidify power. Um, and so I think Roya's points are just incredibly important for listeners to understand really why this is isn't just about whether or not girls go to school, but rather the broader vibrancy of the society um, and peace and stability as a whole. Um, and so on that on that note, you know, uh, both Samaya and um, Roya, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you guys, despite all of these barriers, have continued to move forward, right? Like the Afghan Girls Robotics team is still doing amazing things. Many of your students have found um, educational refuge in places like Qatar and the United States. And so wanted to talk a little bit about um you know, what things look like for, for the programs now, but also why this is so important to um, expand and replicate in, in other ways. Sama, you want to talk or you want to add? So I think that regarding to education on the woman rights, it's important for all the women to have access to education because by lack of the education, they face forced marriage that they are now facing inside Afghanistan. And we, as Afghan Girls Robotics team, we want to prove it. And we also did that. Um, it doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter at all. It's your power, your ability, and your potential that you can make a big change inside Afghanistan. And women and girls inside Afghanistan and where the outside Afghanistan is still they're fighting for their basic rights, which is education. And this is like, it feels so sad that we saw that women will like us, but they are in the, another country, have everything that they want, have their freedom, have the, the right of the truth, have like the freedom of the expression, but women of the Afghanistan, they don't have. And another one that I want to mention is that um, the Minister of Education of the Taliban said that um, education of the girl is the foreign culture, while their own girls are outside the Afghanistan in a foreign culture, and they have everything that they want. But the, for the girls who are inside Afghanistan, they just close and lock the doors of the school for them. So because this, the, our team is still now, we are, we, we are in the U.S. or we are in the, uh, Qatar, we are trying to participate in more competitions and more conferences to show that we want our rights, we want our fundamental rights that we have as a human being. And I also think that STEM is an engine for uh, rapid regional development. And if we are maximizing um, educational access um, uh, 
to good quality of education, especially in STEM field, will build the largest, I believe, the foundation for prosperity, a foundation that can uh, trust again traditional geoeconomic and resources. Uh, resources. Systematic investment in STEM as secondary in higher education will shape a trajectory for, I mean, um, job creation and economic growth. And we started before when um, the former government of Afghanistan's, uh, I mean, collapsed or before the Taliban took over the country. Acquire the power. If countries, and I believe still that if countries like Afghanistan squander the potential of the young mind on the verge of realizing new opportunities um, in a STEM field, they will be left far beyond. And uh, peace and prosperity are more than absence of the conflict. Well, we all needed to make sure that um, we needed to take care of the origin needs. But um, in no matter who will be in the power, I believe that any countries, uh, and uh, especially in European countries, their leaders has to and have to um, started to um, thinking about education and long-term systematic investment, especially in education because in, in STEM because it's bringing the future of advancement, advancement rather than crisis. Under 25s in Afghanistan today have an outlook that has been shaped by expectation of greater inclusion, participation, and access. They are all born um, either um, before the 2001 or after that. They're all born um, uh, during the democratic um, era. They had access to cell phone, they had access to internet, they had access to information. And Afghan youth wants to bring greater admins to their home country, engage in a dialogue, make a mark on their terms. Yeah. I think girls, uh, in Afghanistan or their counterpart uh, or their in other countries across the region, they absolutely represented a vast underutilized potential and the talent of everyone should be realized. And, and uh, we keep continuing providing education, not only for the girls uh, that are now in Qatar or in Ireland or US, US or somewhere else, but we reopen our centers inside of Afghanistan's uh, three months ago, uh, right now we have 1,200 students that are coming to our centers, educational centers, and study because it's so important that not only we work for the girls who are outside of the country, but also for the for the ones that are left behind, and making sure that they have access to education and quality of education and and opportunity. So, so speaking of these talented women, I'd, I'd love to hear Samaya without without telling us any secrets. What are what are you building next? Like what what's on your mind, and what do you have? What are you planning to to do next? Uh, so now, recently, we participated in another competition, which is the PCB The Change competition. Um, a group of our team, I would say six members, and they participated in that. And we hope to get another achievement in that to show again the power of the woman. And we also participated in this competition um, last year. We designed a, um, a smart traffic system for Afghanistan. Um, and this year we will design another electrical board. You know, nothing major, Andrew. It's, you know, you know. That is absolutely incredible. And so, uh, Roya, could you tell us how people can support the Afghan Girls Robotic Team, the Digital Citizens Fund, and, and the broader push for women's rights and education access in Afghanistan? Um, I mean, you can support us by um, providing access to finance and, I mean, uh, and as well, grants uh, or, you know, uh, mentorships and, uh, and a scholarship for, for the students who can be able to continue their education outside of Afghanistan one day. I think any kind of the supports uh, we would be appreciated. 
For those who are interested in learning more too, we have the link for Digital Citizen Fund, which supports the Afghan Girls Robotics Team on the Bush Center website um, under our Afghan uh, resources page. And also for those who are interested in knowing more about the history of girls' education, key policy recommendations, and why the Taliban's dismantlement of educational access for both boys and girls is so uh, such a critical concern for peace and prosperity everywhere. We have our, our um, policy paper, which was um, an output that our working group, of which Roya is, is a member, um, released earlier this year. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Samaya, Roya, any, any last words that you wanted to share with us before, uh, before we let y'all go? Samaya, you go first, if, if you got anything. Um. I just want to say that the situation in Afghanistan is much worse than we what seen the news. So we need more the international community um, helps and supports for Afghanistan and especially the girls who are inside Afghanistan and suffer in this hard situation. Roy, what about you? I think that so much work goes to the prepare into preparing um, for the education and future of the next generation, and I believe that very strongly that the key to our future is the children that we are teaching today, and uh, we cannot forget about millions of the children who are inside of Afghanistan and they don't have the opportunity uh, to dream further, and we should not forget about them. You're absolutely right. Samaya Roya, y'all are inspirational. Thank y'all so much for, for spending this time and, and sharing your story with us. And I, I look forward to hearing the, the great things y'all y'all get done next. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, y'all. That was that was awesome. Really, I think that was really, really interesting. I really appreciate it. Seriously. So good. I totally forgot that the ventilator was made out of car parts. So, like, I mean, I just think so many people will be so floored with yeah it's absolutely incredible like it's it is absolutely incredible it really is it really really is and another robot they also built at this university which they got um, in the competition of first school about they got the judging rewards for that and uh, it it was also approved by ministry of health and we were we were hopeful that that one we can create the factory about it um, I mean, they are working on very interesting projects. Uh, we have still students inside of Afghanistan that they they are so excited they come back to the centers and they are right now be able to work again with the robots. And uh, you will see new new uh, projects from inside of Afghanistan as well. Hopefully, if Taliban not close the center. Cool. Amazing. Amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So I'm so glad we got to chat with you guys. It made my Friday. I'm so proud to know you. Thank you for what you continue to do. Just an example to so many around the world. Grateful. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We really appreciated that, uh, this opportunity. Thank you. you it was absolutely an honor for us. You know, I'm like a card-carrying member of your fan club. So <laughs> I know. always, Roya, always. <laughs> I know you always support us and I see in Twitter and, and I also thank you because uh, I have seen you that you can constantly continue your, your fight for the rights of the women in Afghanistan for the education and work and women rights. I, I really appreciate it. Tirelessly. She's tireless at it. Yeah. Hey, thank you. You know, if it can happen in Afghanistan, sadly, what people forget is this can happen anywhere. And, true. you know, we're all... We are all citizens of the world. 
And so it is our responsibility to stand with each other. So thank you for being so brave. That's true. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Sure. Thank you, Andrew. Good luck on your exam, Samaya. Yes, good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. You can learn more about the Digital Citizen Fund at www.digitalcitizenfund.org. You can also follow the Afghan Dreamers Robotics team on Twitter at Afghan Dreamers. And you can follow Roya on Twitter at Roya Maboob. That's R-O-Y-A-M-A-H-B-O-O-B. And Samaya at Faruqi Samaya. That's F-A-R-U-Q-I-S-O-M-A-Y-A. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Strategist. Be sure to leave us a note and tell us what you thought on social media at the Bush Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.